straight from Boston. It's Founder Thought, the show that has everything from advice, ideas, and inspiration from founders and business owners that made it all happen. On this episode, we speak with Diane and Pamela, co-founders of Coils to Locks, a company disrupting a healthcare disparity by providing high-quality, coily, curly synthetic wigs to women of color suffering from hair loss. Welcome to Founder Thought. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Today, we're here with Diane and Pamela from Coils to Locks. So we're going to let them introduce themselves and then we'll get started. So Diane, why don't you get started? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you both for having us. I'm Diane Austin and I am the co-founder of Coils to Locks, mm-hmm. which is a social impact for-profit business that's addressing a healthcare disparity that I know we'll talk more about a little later. Great. And go ahead, Pamela, please introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I am Pamela Shattuck. I am Diane's sister. I'm going to say baby sister. (laughs) And um, I am also co-founder of Coils to Locks. Um, And Diane, you know, shared uh, who we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're disrupting a healthcare disparity. Um, And like she said, we'll dive more into that a little later. And let me ask you guys, you are from Boston, yes? We are. Born and raised in Amazing. Boston in the well, neighborhood Boston. of Roxbury. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. I actually am just moving back after 20 years of living in L.A. Oh, so wow. I'm getting reacclimated to Boston again. Yeah, <laughs> I had the same experience, actually. I lived out in Orange County for 10 years, so I came back. But okay. you always come back to your roots, right? You, you do. You do. <laughs> All right. So why don't you talk? Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about um, about your background? Let's let's start with you, Diane. Sure. So I'm, uh, I have a background actually in human resources, diversity and inclusion and have spent, you know, my career prior to, um, entrepreneurship, um, in that space. And, um, it's not like I'm out of that space. Um, the plan is that I will be, um, (laughs) possibly in the future, but, um, and as I mentioned, uh, grew up here in Roxbury, um, had always been interested in business or just fascinated by the fact that people had businesses. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a, a working class neighborhood. Everyone like from my parents and neighbors probably had not just one job, but two jobs. So like a lot of hardworking people. And, it, and so I, I got to see that side of it. But I didn't know anyone that um, actually had a business, and that always fascinated me as as a as a young child. So, you know, fast forward. Um, even though I moved into the field of human resources, I just always had a fascination with entrepreneurship and, and dabbled a little bit in entrepreneurship um, here and there until we. Um, founded this particular business. Amazing. Uh, now, uh, actually, if you uh, can tell us a little bit about your background, but I want to highlight for you guys, your sister. Yes, you said your sister, your baby sister. <laughs> so uh, yes. when, you, when you talk about this, I want just to understand also the dynamic between both of you guys. When you start, did you think about like, you know, when you're young, I, I'm going to have a business. We're going to have something together. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you quickly a little bit about me. Um, 
I guess I've always kind of thought of myself as an entrepreneur. My background is in the entertainment industry and the product is self. (laughs) So I was always, (laughs) always in that sort of mindset. Right. Exactly. You've got to, and, and I don't know that I knew that initially, but at some point when I realized I had to, to learn probably even more so than the the performance side, the business side, in order to scale Mm -hmm. as an actress, Mm -hmm. um, I started thinking of myself more like an entrepreneur or being in business for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, I think Diane and I both have, like she said, from childhood, she always thought about being an entrepreneur. Um, We've always kind of been in that space and moved in that space, uh, whether we knew it or not always. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my background is as an actor, as a performer. Um, and because of Diane's experience where I'll let her share, um, the business course, the locks was born of Diane's lived experience as mm-hmm. a cancer survivor. And she may want to share more about that. And then we can sort of get into how coils the locks came about. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So actually I do have, because I watch actually a lot of video about you guys online. So I do have a question uh, about how we start the business. So then if you can start with what happened, uh, the experience when you get the news and uh, when you get, uh, when you start thinking about, you know what, I could turn this for a business. If you can start from there. Sure. So, you know, as you can imagine, when I was diagnosed with cancer and that was in 2015, breast cancer, I was, you know, it was a devastating diagnosis. You know, I thought I was healthy. Um, and that everything was fine. And, you know, I, when I learned through that diagnosis that part of the treatment would, um, include chemotherapy, it also included radiation and surgery. Um, I was told by my oncologist that I was going to lose all of my hair. It was just part of the, the chemotherapy treatment. And he asked me if I wanted a wig prescription. So this is like a whole new world for me. Like I never heard of a wig prescription and it literally looks like a regular prescription on a piece of paper. Um, They call it a cranial prosthesis, which is um, a wig for medical hair loss. I knew that I wanted a wig. Um, And so armed with my uh, wig prescription, you know, he counseled me and said, you know, check with your health insurance plan because many health insurance plans cover the cost of wigs for medical hair loss. And mine's did for up to $350. And so I was learning about this world of wig prescriptions and the hospitals that actually sold wigs for medical hair loss. And so I started going to the hospitals looking for wigs that look like my very tightly coiled hair. Mm-hmm. And all I found were straight haired wigs and I, my hair wasn't straight. And so I didn't want a straight haired wig. I didn't want a wig just to get a wig. I wanted a wig that would help me look as much like myself as possible. Mm -hmm. Because what I learned through the process was that not only was I going to lose my hair, I was going to lose my eyebrows, my eyelashes, Mm -hmm. you know, your skin changes colors. I wanted to really try to um, maintain as much of my sense of self as possible. Mm -hmm. When I looked in the mirror, I wanted to, I didn't want to look sick. Mm -hmm. And so it was just very frustrating for me to learn that I couldn't find a wig that looked like my hair in any cancer center hospital that had these um, wigs for medical hair loss. Mm -hmm. 
And so even at that point, I wasn't thinking about a business, what I, I, but I was just really curious and, and frustrated. And while I was going through chemotherapy, I talked to my sister Pamela and I said, you know, she knew about these struggles. And I said, you know, let's call across the country and just see, is this a Boston problem mm-hmm. or is this, you know, something else? And I actually thought, oh, I'm sure these wigs are available in other locations. Like I really just assumed it was like a Boston thing, that they weren't. but I discovered they were not. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, I took the West coast. She took the East <laughs> coast and we just started making calls yeah. and found that it was systemic. It really was yeah. a problem. Yeah. And let yeah. me ask you a question and, just a, a little bit about that. So was it a, was it a, a wig problem or it was these organizations that or I'm not sure where you were getting the prescription from, but they were limited on their supply or was it more of just in general that just wasn't these like the style of uh, of hair that you were looking for? It was not the style of hair. Mm-hmm. They, okay. All of these retail cancer center hospitals, medical hair loss salons yep. only provided straight hair wigs. Yeah. Or like, you know, a slight wave type of wigs, nothing that looks like my hair, nothing that is the coily, curly Mm -hmm. uh, hair types Mm -hmm. that um, black women, you know, how our hair grows. They just didn't have it anywhere. And so, um, and that's when the light bulb went off in my head. And it was like, you know, and it was from the perspective of, this, uh, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. There's too many people, um, who need this service. I want to stop complaining because I was doing a lot of complaining about <laughs> it and I wanted to You're do like, something about it. You're like, I want a solution. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's really how the business was born. And I said to Pamela, I want to start a business that addresses this issue. Will yeah. you help me? And yeah. she was like 110% on board. And let me ask you, you know, yeah. how long is the procedure when you decide, you know what, I can make this as a business? When you decide, you know what, you know, you're still in the chemo, you're still going through the process. When you decide to start, you know, I can do this as a business. So I waited until after I was done with all of my treatments sure. because I, I, I came to that realization while I was literally in the middle of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once my treatment ended, um, so it, this started in like June of 2015 and ended in, I got my last treatment in February in terms of the, the, the cancer care. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we started doing some preliminary research on like manufacturing, different things like that. Like how, how do you source these wigs? How mm-hmm. do you, do, you know, we started doing little things like that, but we really didn't hit the ground running until then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. So by then it was, um, 2016, late February, early March, 2016. And it was a four year process before we wow. even launched the business wow. in 2019, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, it was an idea. Mm-hmm. It, I wanted to solve a problem, but it's not a space yeah. that Pamela and I were familiar <laughs> with. So we, we spent four years really trying to understand just basic business 
um, yeah. 101, so what, um, so manufacturing Deanna, and all of that. If I yeah. can jump here, because this is actually what we are very interested on. So what the challenges was? Because I know everybody come up with ideas because I have, I know a lot of people have multiple ideas, but really nobody take an action on it. Mm-hmm. So what? What make you guys you take an action? What do you decide? You know, absolutely, we are taking an action. We think there's something we can do. We think something we can achieve. And I, what I love about your story, and I want you guys to highlight this, it's you both of sister. So the only contact Pamela, you told her, I have this idea, Pamela, I the way she saw, was uh, in board. So I want to understand how this uh, happened. If, uh, and we would love to hear this. Sure. It was just really this passion, this intense passion that that I had and that Pamela had as, you know, my sister and seeing me going through what I was going through. Pamela was there with me when I was um, she flew in from L.A. Yeah, I flew in from L.A. to help her find a wig. We Mm -hmm. decided, you know, she wasn't able to use her health insurance because Mm -hmm. they only take them at these locations. Mm -hmm. So Diane missed out on the resources that being at a cancer center provides and that sort of thing. So I I flew in from L.A. because I knew wigs as Mm -hmm. an actress. Mm -hmm. I wore them. (laughs) Um, Amazing. So (laughs) good thing you had some of that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, I had never worn a wig before. Yeah. At yeah. All, so. yeah. So I flew in to help her uh, with that piece of it. Um, and then we just started, I would say, Diane first, mm-hmm. you know, found out about some local uh, Boston area incubator type programs, mm-hmm. business incubators, yep. just starting to educate ourselves on what it means to be in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were a huge, I think, first stepping stone yeah. to start to wrap our mind around what it's going to mean for us to really be in business. Yeah. And that's actually mm-hmm. a challenge that a lot of entrepreneurs face, right? So we talk with a lot of people about them having this idea. Like I had this crazy idea and they're great ideas, but they have no idea, <laughs> unfortunately, how to execute. How to execute. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's a that's one of the biggest challenges with being a business owner and maybe being an entrepreneur is you kind of have to just fumble your way and find your way through the process. And some people are able to do it a lot faster. And some people are, you know, they take a different route where they do a lot of research and really get into the meat of what it's going to take before they can actually execute it. So it is a challenge that a lot of people face for sure. And about, yeah, uh, that was us. Yeah. And, and Ramana, <laughs> yeah. One thing, yeah. yeah, I saw one uh, from your video online talking about one in three of uh, black women, they will have, uh, if I'm not t- wrong about the statistic, one of three black women will have cancer. One in three uh, yes. black women yes. yeah, will, will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, oh, wow. according to the American yeah. Cancer yes. Society. So yeah. there yeah. is need for your product. That's why. I, yeah. Yeah. And as we started, do, yeah, there really is a need. And as we started doing that research, because, you know, to your point, Stephanie, yeah. we were the researchers. Yeah. We were like, how what how do we do this? Because we don't know what we don't know. We still say that our yeah, you know sure. we're all, that's our mantra. We don't know what we don't know. Okay, how do we find out? What's yeah. the solution? Um, and so um, yeah, we 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 started from that space for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, oh, I wanted to add also in terms of the research is that um, we started finding out these things right. Mm-hmm. One in three. Yeah. Um, 46% of black women in the U.S. are suffering from some form of medical or non-medical hair loss, mm-hmm. whether it's through an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. um, so, so many things. So there was really, you know, we learned that there was really a space mm-hmm. 
and a need for this, particularly um, at a time when black women were wearing their hair more and more and embracing wearing their hair as Mm -hmm. it grows out of their head in its natural state and its coily, curly, Afro textured state. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So now you guys decide to start this business. What was the idea? What first, what first step you took? You open a corporation, um, uh, you decide on your role. What the first step you did guys? So the first steps, you know, began with the research and then um, um, getting into, we knew that we needed to get into, or we felt that we did either some type of pre-accelerator or accelerator mm-hmm. program. The first one was um, a pre-accelerator program through TLC Consulting, mm-hmm. which, you know, still is in existence today. And we did that through the Fairmont Innovation Lab mm-hmm. in Dorchester. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, we moved on to take advantage of uh, small business programming instruction mm-hmm. through the Roxbury Innovation Center, which is part of um, Venture Cafe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I know they're connected. Um, and so we, um, you know, participated in the different small business workshops. And in addition to that, um, took advantage of free services through SCORE. Mm-hmm. Um, in Boston. And so, um, would set up meetings. I, I'd meet with different mentors and different mm-hmm. experts. And we, um, did all of this mm-hmm. four years from between 2016 and 2019 to really understand how to start a successful business. Mm-hmm. How to, you know, what, what is uh, wig manufacturing all about? Where mm-hmm. do you get the wigs? Where do you, you know, supply chain, inventory management. Like mm-hmm. we really wanted to do this right. We weren't in a hurry to start it because we needed to understand mm-hmm. um, all the moving parts of okay. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. we just didn't understand, you know, and, yeah. and of course we, we learned. And when yeah. we felt like, you know, I can't say that we, you know, we're still learning, right? But we knew we got to a, <laughs> a place. Entre- welcome in to the t- entrepreneurial lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Always learning, forever learning. Um, yeah. But by Absolutely. 2019, we knew that we were ready to yeah. to move forward. The biggest part for us, I, I think the business side was the easier part to, mm-hmm. to understand and learn. You know, there were a lot, there are a lot of resources in Boston. Mm-hmm. And a lot of free resources, actually. Yeah. And we tried to take advantage of all of them. But it was the, you know, where do you get these quality wigs? Mm-hmm. And we our wigs are high quality synthetic wigs. Mm-hmm. That's what took the longest time yeah. for us. And we were really uh, picky about that. So we yeah. would get. Uh, once we started identifying the manufacturers, mm-hmm. we would ask for samples and then we'd yeah. have to wait for those samples to come. And yeah. it was either a yes or no, go back to the drawing board. So that was the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We so went we, through lots and lots of manufacturers and samples. Yeah. And we have, yeah. So do you, de- do you design your own or do you, you, you have, there's available, there's certain availabilities of different looks and styles that you choose from. It's a combination. Okay. So Great. we, we, we work with manufacturers that, um, have design capabilities mm-hmm. oh, because great. we want to make sure that we are, um, you know, our wig styles are current. Yeah. And, um, and so we, we work with those manufacturers that can produce samples for us based on our specifications. So Amazing. those five, yeah. uh, four years, guys, until you start the business, what, what one thing surprised you? 
Oh boy, that's good a question. Um, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> I know a my, my brain started swimming. I'm like, what? Um, <laughs> pick one, pick one. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the the um, definitely finding. I don't know that we thought it would be so hard to really zero in on a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, Diane, but that was definitely like, wow, this is a process, and this is what supply, you know, going through having having navigating through a supply chain mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. definitely was like, wow, you know, with such a learning curve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we, we learned in the, in the wig space that it's very, um, secretive probably isn't the word, but it's closed off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. nobody wants to share. And, and, and now we understand why. And we're sort of in that space. Nobody wants to share <laughs> what manufacturers they they're using. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everybody how they got, gives them edge. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's it's this closed door society. That was like one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. to really, um, you know, finding out. Like we know that these quality wigs are being made, but who's making them, right? Mm-hmm. And where are they getting? You know, where are the yeah. the U.S. wig manufacturers that are distributing wigs to hospitals? Where are they getting their wigs? Yeah. That's that question sounds like an easy question, but it's, it, it was yeah. really, I think, the biggest challenge yeah. that that we had, um, the biggest surprise. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing would be, um, I personally was surprised at how receptive a lot of the hospitals were to to our wig line once mm-hmm. we got to the point mm-hmm. of um, approaching hospitals. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, you know, I think timing is everything in a good and bad way. I mean, we started the business a few months before the pandemic. Sure. So it was the end of 2019 and then the pandemic hit and all the hospitals shut down. Mm-hmm. But that was another challenge um, <laughs> that we're happy to talk about. But um, I, hospitals, we were learning, we're recognizing that they had a an issue in terms of not being able to provide um, products, in this case, these um, what we like to call ethnically inspired wigs mm-hmm. that they were lacking and not being able to meet the needs of all of their patients. So we were learning that this was an issue of concern, not just for like the retail managers of these cancer center stores, but the oncologists and mm-hmm. the patient advocates and the nurse practitioners who were um, in doing the infusions with their patients and of course the patients themselves mm-hmm. um we learned how big of an issue this was mm-hmm. and and so we knew we were you know we knew we were onto something i knew um it wasn't just me yeah. um yeah you know so that was yeah. a surprise so this is actually what i do have i, lo- I love to hear you Virginia. when you figure out you have something what was that moment, moment like, that you knew that, you that know, like this is this is something 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 big yeah When we started um, getting feedback from the end user, the the, the patients and um, the customers, just um, even beyond the cancer space. Mm -hmm. So as you know, our through focus groups, like we did focus groups and things like that, um, you know, to to sort of figure out what the customer wanted, what the customer needed and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And as our brand started getting out there, we started hearing from all types of women um, 
in, in the, who, who are suffering from some sort of hair loss. Like I don't have, you know, I didn't have cancer. Mm -hmm. I'm not losing my hair, you know, for those reasons, but I have this, I have that. Mm -hmm. I have hair loss because, um, I'm aging, whatever it Mm -hmm. was, we recognize, you know, how large a, a, a need there was Mm -hmm. for, um, what we were, what we were doing. Um, and I'm sure, Diane, you can think of some other things as I'm downloading. Yeah, no, I think that was like the the, the big thing was like all of the feedback that we were getting mm-hmm. um, from women who were emailing us and saying, you know, thank you for starting this business. People, you know, thank us mm-hmm. for for doing this and ask, you know, can you see if you can get your wigs in the hospital where I'm being treated mm-hmm. or my mother you know, needs a wig like, like yours. How mm-hmm. can I get it? Yeah. I'm right, right now we're selling the wigs, uh, B2B, okay. but we will yeah. be launching a, a B2C, um, online store where we'll sell, yeah. uh, a different line of, um, wigs curated specially for, you know, mm-hmm. the online audience so that we're mm-hmm. not competing with our hospital vendors mm-hmm. in terms of wigs. Yeah. But that was like, that's when we knew just based on all of the feedback from, um, women who needed these products mm-hmm. and um, clinicians and others who were supporting those women mm-hmm. in, in those spaces. So That's now great. you work together. So now how we decide which role you get on? In the, because listen, me and Stephanie, we partner together. Uh, we husband and wife together. Uh, so we work <laughs> together. We've been married for 19 years. So it's not an easy to partnership. So now yeah. how guys you partner, how you make decision, how you come up. You know what? No, I want to move this direction. I want to do this direction. How we deal with this stuff? Well, she's the old, the older, bossier sister. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it makes it easy. <laughs> may, 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 maybe not, but yeah, she, no, I'm I'm teasing. But you know, I mean, I think based on it being Diane's experience and her having that light bulb moment or whatever, you know, it's like, boom, she's CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, we're co-founders, mm. um, but title wise, you know, she's C- CEO. Mm-hmm. I'm president and, you know, of everything, I think, and uh, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, as sisters, you know, we grew up, we're close in age actually. And we grew up sharing a room together. Like mm-hmm. we know each other, like the back of our hands. We almost mm-hmm. finish each other's sentences half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really do think alike. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't clashed a lot. We don't always agree, yeah. but you know, we know how to talk through it. Yeah. Um, I know how to, um, you know, sort of speak to her in a way that I can get to her with my idea and vice mm-hmm. versa. Yeah. So there, there isn't a lot of friction, uh, not that everything, you know, we're siblings. So, you know, everything's yeah. not rosy all the time, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would say what 98% of the time, Diane, I would say, I would say, so yeah, we work re- really well together. Yeah, and I think, amazing. um, amazing. yeah, you don't see that a lot. Fact- so you, de- you definitely have something very special. So that's great. <laughs> You don't see Thank that a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of challenges. Like we we talk to a lot of different, you know, co-founders, different types of relationships and different types of dynamics. And it can get really messy. <laughs> so, yeah, that's we that hear that, have. too. Yeah. Yeah. That. I've heard that from people. They're like, I could never work with my sister. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't yeah. have that issue. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Right. So now, what, what's the number one you discover about Diana? You didn't know before. When you start working with guys through this, what thing you discover? 
about Diane. Yeah. Um, that sh- Diane is very, um, very particular. I was going to say the A word, but I won't say anal, but no. <laughs> well, you just said it. I just said it. Uh, but no, she's, she's, she thinks a lot more linear than I do. I mm-hmm. think and maybe, you know, being an, an actress and in the entertainment sure. industry, I'm a little more sort of like this and this and this. Yeah. And she's very structured in her thinking, which I appreciate actually, because she, her thinking, she zeroes in on the thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like, you know, oh, I didn't think of it that way, you yeah. know, but she's, she's really analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I didn't know to what degree till we started working together. <laughs> <laughs> And I would say, yes, you know, no, I think you're, you're spot on. And, and, you know, conversely, as Pamela shared, like Pamela has more of that, like that creative brain. Mm. And, um, and so like she's, she's really good in that space yeah. where I, I'm just like, you know, I think I, you know, what she said, I, I'm just very analytical and I, yeah. um, so this one brings me for this one. Pamela, probably you came up with this tagline, more than a wig. What does this mean? More than just a wig? Oh, yeah, I did come up with that tagline. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, yes. she did. Um, <laughs> yes, she did. Well, you know, I mean, just in conversations, and it just hit me one day, right? We were talking yeah. about all of uh, all of the ways that we are being impactful mm-hmm. as a social impact so, business. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, just said yes, because we're more than just a wig. And we both went, oh, that's our tagline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you because... Know? You know, what we, you know, we think uh, some people don't understand if they've never experienced um, medical hair loss mm-hmm. or any type of hair loss that it is beyond their control that, you know, wigs are not a vanity product. Mm-hmm. They're not, you yeah. know, women who in particular who are going through hair loss don't want a wig because, you know, they, just because for aesthetic reasons. Yeah. It, it helps with your um, sense of self, mm-hmm. your your dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps you to be able to look into in the mirror and say, "I recognize that person. Mm-hmm. I like what I see." Because the physical changes that you go through, even if you're you know you know not uh, experiencing chemotherapy, but you know medical hair loss, we live in a society where. Um, beauty is revered and hair is revered. And then even within the black culture, you can whittle that down even more. Um, you know, hair is everything. Like we, you might see me with my hair like this Afro look today, but tomorrow I might have braids. You know what I mean? It's like we change our hair up. Like hair is, is a big deal. Um, it's a, it, it represents, um, our personality. And when you lose it, um, you know, that can be devastating. Mm-hmm. So for us, it is, you know, our wigs are more than just a wig. Mm-hmm. It's really just that connection that people want, um, is particularly in the medical hair loss space mm-hmm. for those women who want wigs, because not everyone wants a wig, mm-hmm. but it allows them to maintain their sense of self, their, their cultural sense of self, their yeah. personality, those types yeah. of things. So. Yeah. Amazing. I can imagine because for me, like my hair is like my signature piece. <laughs> so if I had a situation where I had, you yes. know, lost my hair, I could understand that that could be very, it 
it would change the way that you, you know, sort of feel and look. And so, yeah, I would imagine that that's very important to have that back so that you can, you know, hold on to that self. So, so let me ask yeah, you guys: right. Do you have any Kimberda? Do you have like? Uh, do you have any Kimberda in this uh, medical work? Do you have? Because uh, I think your product is very unique. Because if if I'm understanding, you did research. You didn't find anybody does like uh, wavy wig or Pacific wig for. Uh, uh, so you didn't find anybody. So do you have any Kimberda? So in terms of the U.S. wig manufacturers that um, are prominent in this medical hair loss yeah. space, mm-hmm. um, they could be considered our competitors if they sold these wigs. They don't they sell don't. these wigs. Mm-hmm. Like at first we were like, well, they've got to. But we were hearing from the the managers, retailers in these cancer center and medical hair loss spaces. We've been looking for these wigs for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've not been able to find them. And they, you see that they clearly deal with different manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And they would say that, you know, the distributors that they use do not provide this type of wig style. Mm-hmm. So it's um, in terms of the ma- mass produced level of these coily curly wigs in medical hair loss spaces, um, we have not been able to find any competitors mm-hmm. in the space. Now, it's not like these wigs don't exist. Mm -hmm. You have like people who are custom wig makers Mm -hmm. who may make these Mm -hmm. wigs, but they're making those wigs one at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, you can find these types of wigs in some beauty supply stores Mm -hmm. in communities of color, but they may not be. And oftentimes they're not of the same quality Mm -hmm. as 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 our wigs. so, but in the, the medical hair loss wig distri- distribution space, in terms of that space, we don't seem to have any competitors and, and we've been able to yeah. just confirm that based on conversation. So do you think this was an advantage for you guys? Because when uh, Diana, you said it was, you were surprised how, how much was easy to get in the hospital. Do you think this was an advantage for this? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. 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 And it's not that those competitors can't come in once they realize what they've been missing, whether it's from a financial aspect or whatever, because we're, you know, we're talking about a a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry, um, you know, that they can't sort of kind of swoop in and start to take it. But we at that point will be the leading um, Mm -hmm. distributor in that space. So we're not worried about them. I have a question about the distribution piece of it. Yeah. Yeah, So I wanted to ask, so so this is a challenge that a lot of small business owners and, and up and coming and entrepreneurs and things where they have a product um, and now they're trying to distribute it. Right. So how did you approach these different you know, hospitals or, or other you know, um, places that you're distributing to? How did you approach them? How did you you sound it sounds like you got, you know, really great reception. But uh, like, what was that process and how did you learn that you needed to do that process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I think there was, a, I, I had somewhat of an advantage and it was a small advantage. Mm-hmm. My, my career in human resources mm-hmm. and diversity and inclusion has primarily been in the hospital space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was aware of, you know, well, some things I wasn't aware of. Like I, I didn't know like hospitals didn't sell these types of wigs. I knew mm-hmm. that we had retail stores and things like that, yeah. but I could figure out who to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I think that that was um, a big advantage for me. Like I knew um, hospitals have these types of people who do this type of thing mm-hmm. for the hospital. So let me start there. Um, right. And so I had that inside knowledge, but it didn't mean it was necessarily easy, but at least I knew who to talk to. I mean, it was easy in the sense that the first three hospitals that we approach, and we, we consider ourselves in the pilot stage right now, mm-hmm. we're about to like move out of that stage. Mm-hmm. We have about 12 or 13 um, hospitals and medical salons that are carrying our wigs right now. Um, and of course we planned on, um, we will be expanding that significantly mm-hmm. in the next um, 12 months mm-hmm. um, because we've been able to do that proof of concept piece. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, what I found was, you know, the first few hospitals, it was, you know, they understood that, you know, they had this patient population, like they were able to speak to the fact that they had patients that were looking for these wigs. Mm-hmm. And so it was a timing thing. It just seemed like I reached out at the right time for the first few mm-hmm. hospitals. And then, um, you know, we, we had some hospitals that were reaching out to us when they learned about us. So that made it easy. Mm-hmm. But then when, as we're starting to move towards like actually doing the, like the actual like sales, mm-hmm. like cold calling yeah. kind of mm-hmm. sales, um, our approach is, um, that we, you know, are addressing a need that's not being met. Mm-hmm. We know that we can speak to that because, you know, we know these, uh, that the, many of these hospitals aren't meeting the need, um, and that we can help them to provide the best you know, product and service for their patients by expanding um, their wig line mm-hmm. uh, to provide these these wigs mm-hmm. to to women who are interested in them, and we're able to talk about that interest based on the feedback that we get, um, based on the focus groups that we have have done, and so it resonates with people mm-hmm. because we're telling them what they already know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what has made it um, a little easy. And they've, you know, liked our wigs. Like they I'm sure that probably them. helps. <laughs> that, <laughs> that helps a lot. Yeah. Versus just, yeah. well, you know, something. It probably the makes quality. Yeah. They, they like the quality. And, you know, they've said in, in meetings, like they've had like their wig fitters come and inspect the wigs in the middle of a meeting, you know. <laughs> and, and so, and they're asking them, so, you know, how is it? And yeah. they're like, oh, this is good quality. It's really well made. It's this, you know, yeah, right. so that's the other piece of it. Yeah, as right. well. And I would also add that, you know, uh, an advantage too is we're talking from a lived experience, not mm-hmm. only, um, you know, we're not just um, selling these wigs. We, you know, we are the customer. Yeah. I, in addition to Diane's um, hair loss through chemotherapy, I suffer from traction alopecia. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I can, we both can speak to that, mm-hmm. um, piece of it, uh, as, cause we are the end user as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wear wigs more than Diane, but I, <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, um, I, you know, I couldn't wait to not wear a wig once my hair grew back <laughs> because, you know, and you know, that might be odd to say as, you know, a wig seller, but it was, it was true because I, you know, for me personally, it was like, um, it, it reminded, it reminded me of, 
uh, my cancer. Mm-hmm. So when my yeah. hair did grow back, I was like, well, I don't know and if I don't, I'll wear too many wigs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's odd to say because, yeah. no, I mean, you know, we want we women who can grow their hair back yeah. after suffering from chemo, losing their hair to chemotherapy. Yeah. We want that for them. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, we'll never be without a customer because mm-hmm. one in three, and we're just talking about black women. There are other women with um, other eth- um, ethnicities who have highly textured hair mm-hmm. as well. Black and brown women. Mm-hmm. There are Jewish women who have highly textured kinky, mm-hmm. kinky hair type who will um, suffer through cancer, some sort of hair loss, um, medical or non-medical. So those who can grow their hair back, we want that for them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, of so what yeah. guys you see the business in the next uh, two years? Well, we definitely, one of the things that is really at the top of our list in that time frame is to take control of the wig manufacturing. We want control of the manufacturing. We want to manufacture our own wigs. So we're exploring that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just beginning to explore that and what that might, what it takes to, to do that. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be a lot of research, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> We want to, um, we definitely plan on expanding from the 13 pilot hospitals to the, the many hospitals around the country. And we're, we're in conversations with hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, regularly in regards to our wigs. We will be launching our e-commerce site. Um, we do also want to, um, expand our wig line to men and children mm-hmm. as well. So when Amazing. you launch, uh, and- you, uh, I'm sorry, uh, questioning, when you launch the online, is this going to be for medical or is it going to be for, uh, for anybody can buy it for medical reason or anybody can buy it? Anybody can buy it. So, you know, we'll still be, um, targeting women with hair loss because that's, that's our mission. That's, sure. you know, that's where we live. But, uh, anybody who wants a wig can buy the wig. If they just want a wig for aesthetic reasons, mm-hmm. because they're like me and they like wearing wigs, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's open for anybody to buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, mm-hmm. uh, 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 let me ask about the wig because actually it's something I'm like, Sounds like a very interesting thing for me. Now, when you put the wig, do you be able to tell it's a wig? Because if I lost my hair in the future, so I need, I need to prevent myself <laughs> I'm from sure now. You're not losing your hair, Oz. <laughs> but it, do, it does look like a wig. Like, do you tell it's a wig or you don't tell a wig? Because I'm, I'm really not sure about this. I. Go ahead, Pamela. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, not really. Um, no, because I. I actually wore one of our wigs at an event. Um, I did a, a pitch showcase oh. and I had the wig on and I didn't tell people to the end of my pitch mm-hmm. that yes. And it, you know, it looks just like this wig I'm oh, wearing wow. and people, people were shocked <laughs> that I had on a wig. Oh, wow. So yeah, people, st- <laughs> people started, they were like, <gasps> <laughs> so that says it all. Wow. Yeah. That says it all. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. I have one question too. I wanted to understand. So I know you talked about the, um, uh, the different resources and things that you had early on when you were doing research and things like that. But beyond that, was there other resources and other um, maybe people along the way that had helped or um, other ways that you found that you, you had resources and help and things like that beyond the um, the initial centers and things like that? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. There are individuals. There's one individual, and we're going to give him a shout out by name. Mm-hmm. His name is um, Barnett Sherman, who is our ongoing business advisor. Mm-hmm. I met Barnett. Um, I had done a, a pitch competition mm-hmm. in 2019, and the, the director of that um, organization, the Roxbury Innovation Center, was at a was on a panel, and he talked about. Um, the work in the small business space and mentioned my business by name or our business by name. Arnett Sherman um, is a writer for Forbes oh, wow. and he wanted to meet us. Mm-hmm. And our very first article um, came from him. He wrote an article on our business mm-hmm. that was um, on Forbes, um, the Forbes website. And that got us a lot of um, exposure, but he made it his mission mm-hmm. to, to advise us, to mentor us. Mm-hmm. And so we meet with him on a regular basis for the last several years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just been extremely um, helpful to us in terms of, mm-hmm. of our work. Amazing. Um, we, we, um, another uh, organization that sought us out was um, Big Fish Communications, mm-hmm. um, a PR firm on Newberry Street, mm-hmm. and they offered us a year of pro bono PR mm-hmm. services and really supported us. Yeah. Um, and we're still in touch with them um, and, and, and getting that type of, of support. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Trisha uh, Shaw with TLC Consulting mm-hmm. um, here in, um, I think it's out of Newton, but she does a lot of work in, in Boston in terms of supporting small business has been um, a wonderful advisor. There's been just so many people who have gone out of their way That's to um, provide us uh, resources and an, and an ear. And um, guidance, and support, and um, networking, you know, relationships Mm -hmm. leading us to other beneficial relationships. It's just really been um, amazing, you know. Yeah, that's great. All right, so I guess we'll. um, Do you guys have anything else? Anything you want to share with? uh, with, Yeah, find the. Yeah, anything you want to share with us? Any final thoughts? And then please tell us where uh, folks can get a hold of you or they can get in touch. Yeah. Definitely. I, I would sort of um, reiterate just really getting um, connected, seeing what's going on in your community. There's mm-hmm. so much support out there, no matter where you live, mm-hmm. whether it's a small business association, like find out um, and a lot of free stuff, as Diane said, mm-hmm. um, if you're interested in starting a business, if you've got an idea, so many will take you at the idea stage, but just really get involved, network. I mean, some of those early relationships have just been the gift that keeps on giving mm-hmm. for us doing pitch competitions. That's how we, you know, got connected to Barnett with mm-hmm. Forbes and, you know, that sort of thing. Just get yourself out there, take action, action, action mm-hmm. on your ideas. Even if it fails, like you said, you know, you've had, mm-hmm. I don't know, 10 ideas and half of them failed or whatever. You'll never know if you don't take action. So just mm-hmm. take action sure. on your ideas. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, mm-hmm. definitely um, you have to persevere and just like keep at it mm-hmm. um, because it's, um, you know, I, I guess there are some businesses that became successful in really short periods of time. But like when we started this business, like we didn't know 
you know, whether they'd be an interest in our business or not. We just had a passion mm-hmm. um, to um, provide this service. And so sometimes it may take, uh, you might have to go down a long road mm-hmm. to get where you need to go. And for us, that road was like a four-year road mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. we even launched. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be only six months for someone else. I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it, I don't think um, success or, you know, what you see as success happens overnight. It takes time. Take yeah, time. It definitely does. If you want substance success, take time. So yes. tell us where if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find us um, at our website, coilstolots.com. And that's C-O-I-L-S-T-O-L-O-C-S. Mm-hmm. No K in there. <laughs> coilstolots.com. Um, we're on all the social media platforms mm-hmm. at Coils to Locks. Uh, Instagram is the only sort of change. It's Coils to Locks Wigs mm-hmm. on Instagram. Anywhere else, it's just coils to locks, whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and uh, soon to be our, our e-commerce online store. But just follow us, opt into our email list to stay up to date on what we're doing. Um, and yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That's pretty much it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. This is a very wonderful conversation, very uh in educational and informational so we really appreciate your time thank you guys thank you so much for joining us thank you both thank you for having us thank you for listening to founder thought you can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at founderthought.com founder thought is a production of pepper gang